Dixon back with you for another Bible Thump, and um, been in Hebrews 12, so we'll stay in Hebrews 12 and talk about endurance, suffering and endurance. Um, like, really happy topics to talk about suffering, right? Because we all love, everybody loves to suffer. Um, but it's really important. It's not a happy topic, but it's really important to think about because I think that's a reality of life in this broken world. So we will you will, if you haven't yet, you will suffer. And probably you already have on some level. And so it's important that we think about what does it look like to do that well? What does it look like to do that responsibly? What does it look like to do that Christianly? What does it look like to do that in a way that protects us from crumbling under the pressure and that builds up the people around us encourages the people around us so that they don't buckle, so that they don't crumble under the pressure either. All right, so I'm going to read the first 12 verses of Hebrews 12. Sorry, the first 13 verses of Hebrews 12. Therefore, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every hindrance and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against, him, against himself so that he won't grow weary or give up. In your struggling against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding your blood. And you have forgotten the exhortation that addresses you as sons. My son, do not take the Lord's discipline lightly or lose heart when you are reproved by him. For the Lord disciplines the one he loves and punishes every son he receives. Endure suffering as discipline. God is dealing with you as sons. For what son is there that a father does not discipline? But if you are without discipline, which all receive, then you are illegitimate children and not sons. Therefore, we had human fathers that disciplined us, um, and we respected them. Shouldn't we submit even more to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time based on what seemed good to them, but he does it for our benefit, so that we can share his holiness. No discipline seems enjoyable at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it yields the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your tired hands and weakened knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but healed instead. Okay, so um, I think I mentioned this last week, but I want to talk about it a little bit more and give an example from my own life. But if you ever run a long race, like at least a mile, maybe three miles, maybe it was a 5K, um... The longer the race, the more likely you are to feel isolated, right? We start, I once did a, the longest race I've ever done was like a 30 mile mountain bike race, right? And you start out with all this commotion and excitement. Everybody's at the starting line. There's all these people watching the start of the race cheering. And then it was a 10 mile course, 10 mile lap. And he did that three times, so three laps of a 10-mile course. And um, the only time anyone's ever cheering for you is at the start and at the finish, basically. And then you're alone for the ma vast majority of that 10-mile lap, right? And, um, and so the longer a race, too, I think, the more tedious parts of it will become. Um, and for... Longer races, the only time, you know, again, the only time we see a crowd is at the start and the finish. In other words, for the majority of the race, you're out there on your own, right? Or at least it feels like, and it can feel isolating 
and difficult. And it really felt that way for me because um, on this 10-mile race, it was my first um, Cat 2 mountain bike race. So Cat 2 is like a step up from Cat 3, which is like people are just getting into racing. And then Cat 2 is like, hey, you're, you're intermediate, I guess. But if you think about it, anybody who races a mountain bike is already probably pretty good at it. So step stepping up from cat two to cat three is a significant step. And then cat one is like semi-pro or you're like preparing to go pro. Um, so it was my first cat two race and I had won, I had won some cat three races. So I was feeling like pretty confident and I was feeling really good. And so at the start of the race, I'm like pumped up. People are cheering. I just flew out there and stayed with the leaders, um, and stayed with them for the first two laps. Um, as I got into lap three, I'm like, this could be bad because I started feeling my muscles and my legs tense up. Do you cramp? Do you, or does anybody know cramp? Like I get awful cramps sometimes where my whole leg just shuts down and I can't move it and it stiffens up and I'm like, ah, and I feel like I'm going to die. It's awful. Well, I could feel cramps building and I was just like, you know what? I'm on lap three. I'm, I was in the top three. I was, I, I could see the top two guys and they were in my sights, but I was sticking with the front, the front runners. I had a chance to, to get on the podium, to be a top three finish in my first cat two race. So I'm like, I'm just, I'm going to push through it. I'm going to push through it. A lot of mistakes were made on this race, but I get to, <laughs> I'm pushing through, I'm pushing through. And I just, I just I have this sense like this, like spidey sense or whatever, that at some point my muscles, some of the muscles in my legs are going to shut down. I'm going to cramp. So we get to towards the end of this lap on the final climb, and it was a big climb, uh, really steep. And I get near the end of it, and my quads and my calves in both legs just totally shut down and cramped. And I eventually just, like, tipped over. It wasn't a bad crash. I just, like, literally stopped going up and just tipped over and couldn't move. I couldn't move my legs. Um, and if you ever cramped that bad, um, you know, like how painful it is and how like you can't really fix it on your own because your legs hurt so much. You can't make yourself stretch them. You need someone to like come and stretch you out. So thankfully this guy comes up behind me. I just passed him on the climb. He was on his second lap because, um, he had started differently than me or whatever, but he wasn't really trying that hard in the race. I was on my third, right? But he's on his second lap and, um, he was just in a different category, I guess. And he was like, Hey, are you okay? And I was like, not really. Uh, and he was like, do you, do you need some help? And I was like, if, if you don't mind, if you don't mind helping, cause like, I didn't want to ruin his race. Right. Uh, but I was like, yeah, I could use some help. So he like stops, pulls over, stretches me out. Um, and, and by the way, I'm like wearing Lycra, like spandex cause I'm in a race, right? That's how most people dress in these situations. And it's very, um, yeah, it's a very like unique experience to have someone stretch you out when you're in that kind of situation. It's like, uh, almost intimate, right? <laughs> like, and but this guy uh, stretched me out, helped me get back on the bike, and I was able to finish. Like, I did not podium, right? Uh, because I was out for long enough that, like, I got past. I didn't make it. 
I didn't make a top three finish. But I finished. And I don't think I would have finished if someone hadn't been willing to stop and help me out. Um, and I think that's a picture, a little bit, of what's going on here in Hebrews Hebrews 12. Um, I think... And I think this, like the difficulty we have with the most difficult, most isolated, most strenuous, the times in our life that require the most endurance, times of suffering, um, we need help. Those are the times we need the most help. And so I think this is why Hebrews envisions this great cloud of witnesses cheering us on, right? Because think about how your how your experience or how my think about how my experience okay think about how my experience in that race might have been different if at your lowest moment you had someone you love and trust right there to cheer you on and pick you up stretch you out get you back on your bike um, think about where I would have been had that man not been there to help me that tells us something about encouragement it's powerful and often just a little bit empowers us to find that that extra gear, that next level of endurance we didn't know we had. And the fact that the race is, uh, the race that is, the fact that the race that is following Jesus requires endurance tells us something important about following Jesus that I think we don't like to admit. Uh, we don't like to admit this, but it's something that's really important and really true about following Jesus. Following Jesus is tough. It's difficult. It's hard. It's not easy. And yes, Jesus said that his yoke is easy and his burden is light, but that's when we reach the end of ourselves and actually do the difficult work of, of entrusting our burdens to him. And that's really hard to do because we're so good at like protecting those burdens and thinking we can, we can do them on our own. It's actually really hard to unburden yourself to Jesus. So here's something you need to understand about life with Jesus. Uh, sometimes... Sometimes it's going to stink. I want to use a stronger word here, but I don't want to offend anyone. Or like if you're listening to this with your kids in the car, I don't want to want to use a stronger word, word to, and offend you or them. But it's, it's hard. It stinks sometimes. And, um, and don't get me wrong. There are likely going to be some amazing and wonderful triumphs, but there's likely also going to be some really low moments. People are going to disappoint you. Um, some will even betray you. And you will let people down who love you. Sometimes you'll be the one who's betraying. Even though you don't think you are, you'll be betraying someone in a moment of need. Uh, people you invest deeply in will fail to live up to their potential. Then sometimes you'll be the one that others see as failing to live up to your potential. Um, there will be sickness, there will be frustration, there will be loss, there will be disappointment. You'll be passed up for promotions, you'll be completely ignored by that company that you really want to work for, you'll lose friends, um, you'll be persecuted, or passed over sometimes, maybe even because of your faith in Jesus. So sometimes your faith in Jesus will seem to hold you back from doing things you really want to do and stepping into opportunities that you really want to step into. If you have kids, they'll make decisions that not only baffle you sometimes, but outright scare you. Um, and you may even be persecuted for your faith. Um, the worst part is that our faith 
at times, it's the seemingly worst part. I'm not saying it is actually the worst part, but it feels like our faith at times actually makes life harder. And it's supposed to make life easier. Um, all right. Am I depressing you yet? Are you thoroughly depressed? I promise I have good news. Um, but you can see based on what I just described why you might need someone to cheer you on, why you might need this great cloud of witnesses. So here's the good news. God has given us a great cloud of witnesses. It's not only these saints or followers of God and Jesus who went before us, but also people around us, uh, other followers of Jesus who will come alongside and help bear our burdens, who will pray for us, who will be present, who will love us, who will stay by our side. So here's the good news of Hebrews 12. You're not alone in your suffering. God is with you, and also he's placed people around you to be with you. You're not alone. But also the good news that Hebrews 12 lays out for us, and we'll pack this more next week, is that um, God has not abandoned us in our suffering. In fact, according to Hebrews, our suffering might actually be evidence of God's presence in our life. And it might actually be evidence that we are God's children. In fact, that's what—that's exactly what he says. So this isn't to say that God is the source of our suffering. Um, that may or may not be true. Like sometimes God sovereignly allows us to undergo suffering. Um, sometimes he allows us to face the consequences of our own foolish actions. Um but this passage doesn't tell us whether or not God is directly responsible for the suffering we face. But what it does tell us is that God is not silent in the midst of our suffering. That he's moving, that he's acting, and that he's using, if we have eyes to see and ears to hear, if we have faith, we can see that he will use our suffering to build strength into us and into God's people and the people around us. So next week I'm going to unpack three ways that we can keep following Jesus in the face of suffering and three ways in which suffering can actually strengthen our hearts, our minds, our souls that can build us up to give more of ourselves for the good of the world and the glory of God and this expanse of Christ's kingdom. That's the hope we have because of Jesus, because Jesus endured, because Jesus suffered well. We can trust that our suffering won't be wasted, but it'll use it. God will use it to both strengthen us, to both strengthen the people around us, and to use us to spread the good news of his kingdom, to make all things new. Isn't that exciting? I think it's exciting. Um, I hope this encourages you on some level. And um, yeah, thanks for listening. We'll see you again next week. Hey, also I wanted to let you know that September is Childhood Cancer Awareness Month and Love Thy Nerd is teaming up with Tiny Warriors Child Cancer Organization to aid in their quest. Tiny Warriors funds packages filled with blankets, activities, toys, and more for kids and teens fighting cancer to bring a smile to their faces with items curated, curated just for them. So our own community member and friend, Jason Gebekin, founded the nonprofit organization after his daughter was diagnosed with cancer in 2021. So this is close to our heart at LTN. So 
During his daughter's battle, she received gifts from people all over the world and wanted to share that joy with other children who are fighting the same fight and maybe don't have that same kind of support system. So join us in donating to Tiny Warriors this week from September 25th to October 1st by going to lovelynerd.com slash tinywarriors to help us get these care packages to kids and teens so they know they're not alone. To learn, to learn more about Tiny Warriors Child Cancer Organization, go to www.tinywarriorscco.com. Um, so, uh, yeah, again, remember September 25th through October 1st, go to lovethynerd.com slash tinywarriors and, um, and consider giving to help, um, a really, really lovely, lovely cause. Thanks for your time. Uh, we'll see you next week.